Hello, and welcome back to the Faith Out Front podcast. We truly hope you enjoy part one of our interview with the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David Baker. Now prepare to enjoy part two of this phenomenal interview. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Faith Out Front podcast. When I was a young kid, um, you know, my mom and dad couldn't read or write. My dad worked in a lumberyard. My mom took care of kids. My uh, dad was the hardest working guy I've ever met. My mom was the most loving person I've ever met. And uh, they didn't have much, but they really cared about us. But along the way, I met a gentleman who was a businessman who managed departments. His name was Ron Kohler. And because I was a big guy playing basketball, uh, he got me involved playing for the church, the Baptist church we were in. And in order to play in the game uh, and get a jersey that day, uh, he would have a bag full of jerseys. And on top of the bag of jerseys, there were some Bibles. And he'd pass out these Bibles. And he would have a Bible study before the game. And it was really through that guy that I said that prayer that I talked about earlier. I came to know Christ. And, um, and, and there's just a lot of people along the way in the journey. And you learn that the uh, the spiritual huddle is a very, very special place. And it's important to have a game plan, which is the Bible. It's important to have a great coach, whether it's Coach Gibbs in football in NASCAR or Coach Dungey. But in spiritually, uh, it's Jesus Christ. And it's, and it's important to have a huddle where you can go to someone uh, like you can in prayer. Uh, during this pandemic where we're all under attack and there's so much fear and panic out there. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, I have thought about a lot. He had a great saying at a difficult time in our country that he'd been often been driven to his knees because he had no place else to go. And, and frankly, that's a pretty good place where I find myself these days. Um, but we kind of look at this church of football. It may not be that all important spiritual issue, but there's a lot of things we deal with in the game that are virtues or values or lessons that you're taught. And frankly, they're taught on Sunday in a, in a church or, um, or in a cathedral or at a temple. Uh, and, um, and, and to understand them in the context of football, it's kind of ecumenical. It doesn't matter whether you're a Baptist or a Buddhist or um, a, a Jew or an agnostic or an atheist. <laughs> Um, those lessons are the same. Um, the lesson that we're talking about here with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, that was important to me. Uh, that's what God revealed to me. And I believe that, uh, I know that it's my only chance of making it into God's Hall of Fame, Rich. Well, thank you for that. It's most inspiring. And, uh, not having, this is not the first time I'm in the presence of uh, David Baker, but it's always been inspiring, David. And thank you so much for what you said and what you're saying now and in the in the future. Thank you very much. Well, Rich, we're we're all you know kind of uh, teammates on the same journey, and, and it's great great to be on the journey with you guys. And um, you. And, and again, like I said. Uh, the game of football teaches you a lot about that journey. Uh, we're going to be tackled for loss sometimes. And I have, um, I've got a, a marriage that I lost because of my own foolishness at times. Um, 
there's times when I you know, throw an interception and there's times when I wish my language or my temper was other than I wished it was. And uh, let's not get into that whole sin about gluttony because I'm 400 pounds and you can guess, you can guess how I got there, okay? Uh, but there's a, a, a lot of uh, sin in our lives and interceptions. But, but I think you know, I'll, I'll give you one other good lesson I think that I think is, there's a lot of good stuff, but I could share it with you here. But one day I'm talking to Aeneas Williams, one of our Hall of Fame uh, defensive backs. Also happens to be a pastor in Ferguson, Missouri, where there's been a whole lot of uh, racial conflict going on. And he's helping everybody there huddle up and come together, regardless of what color they are. And so one day I'm doing a panel discussion with him, like you guys are with me. And I said, uh, uh, Aeneas, tell me something that you've learned in football that helped you in life. And to my great surprise, uh, I, think he, I think he could have talked about toughness or grit or, you know, or, or work ethic or uh, courage or a lot of things. The thing he said was forgiveness. Uh, it blew me away. You know, I would have never thought that forgiveness was the top thing you need to know. But he said, you know, when you're a defensive back in a league with the guys that are as talented as they are in the, pro, in the National Football League, he said, you're going to get burned. And when you get burned, you better learn to forgive yourself so that you can focus on the next play. Because if you don't, you're going to get burned again on the next play. And they're going to keep burning you until you learn how to forgive yourself. And, and so it, it's just kind of fascinating to me that what he was saying is I, I, he's seen in life and what he does as a minister. There's a lot of people that can't forgive themselves or can't forgive someone else um, so that they can move on with their life. And uh, there's just a lot of wonderful lessons that we can learn from the game, uh, from our game plan, which is that Bible, uh, or from our faith. Amen to that. Amen to that. Mr. Baker, we're coming down to the last two questions that we have for you here on today. And this, uh, this interview has been so rich, so insightful. Uh, you mentioned a lot of great guys um, that we would consider not just Hall of Famers, but Hall of Faithers as well. Joe Gibbs, uh, Jim Kelly, Coach Dungy, and so many other individuals you referenced um, that had qualities that, you know, made them not just Hall of Famers, but made them Hall of Faithers as well. So I just have to ask you, Mr. Baker, you know, with us being on this interview today, have you examined any qualities from the gentleman that may be speaking right now? You know, he's bald, he's got a thick, luscious beard that would uh, signify me going into the Hall of Fame and getting a nice bronze bust with all of this I got going on over here. <laughs> you, you know, Nova, I'll tell you, we just had a bronze bust that looked a lot like yours, uh, and, and that was Ed Reed, except that all everything he had on his beard was on his head. <laughs> and it's a big bust. It was very costly because it was a lot of bronze. Uh, but, yeah, and I know I'm going to – here's the good thing. Uh, I look forward to seeing you at an enshrinement. But I also heard the scene in heaven because uh, we're going to have a lot of laughs there. I really believe it, brother. Okay? Amen. Absolutely. Well, hey, Aaron Reed is, is, is as good as it gets when it comes to defense. So I'll, uh, I'll take that as being a good company. <laughs> but I did want to ask you, Mr. Baker, um, the, some of the individuals that you mentioned, they, they faced great, great adversity. And oftentimes great leaders have to really overcome some great obstacles, and they really can overcome through their faith. 
Um, we're in a great obstacle right now with COVID-19. And I just want to ask you, what's the spiritual lesson that you've observed or God's given you a revelation on that we could all apply to our individual faith lives as well? Yeah, I think that's pretty simple. You know, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let fear knock you down. Don't give up. Uh, these guys, uh, you know, look at Tom Brady uh, and Bill Belichick and then Patriots. And what was that? Uh, Super Bowl 51, I think, where they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. Man, they're into the middle of the third quarter and they're still down. I don't know, know what it was, 21, 27, something like that. But they didn't give up. You know, they, they didn't uh, give in. And, and that's the great thing spiritually is that, uh, you know, I have a fraying and, and I want, again, I want to make it known uh, that my attitude isn't perfect all the time. So I'm not saying this out of pride or anything else. Uh, there's a lot of times where, you know, I'm watching the TV or I'm reading stories right now and I get afraid and I get panicked and, you know, I, I'm worried about the uncertainty of tomorrow uh, with, 46 million unemployed, and I bet it probably goes to 60 million before too long. But one thing I do know spiritually, that when you're a Christian, it's my belief that when we finish this show for Rich and Robert and you, Noble, uh, that we'll never have to say goodbye for the last time. Uh, and, and I've, you know, uh, one of my responsibilities, I've buried some pretty special guys. Um, you know, a, a guy of faith that I think a lot of was Bart Starr. And I was one of three guys speaking at his funeral, I think. And, and um, I don't think, I think someday I'll see Bart again. Uh, but, you know, there's a saying that the very best is still ahead. And I truly believe with all my heart that if you're a person out there who's lost his job and I may be in that position myself before too long. You never know. Uh, you've lost your job or you've gone through healthcare problems or you've lost somebody you love. I, I think when your faith is in Jesus Christ, the good news is that the very best is still ahead. It always is ahead, no matter how tough it gets. And the game teaches us that too, that we need to rely on each other. We need to huddle up. We need to forgive each other. Um, you know, when you played and you huddled up, Noble, did you ever once, let me ask you a question, and I'll turn the tables around if it's okay. Yeah, uh, sure. Did you ever once in a huddle ask any of those other 10 guys who were in the huddle with you, did you ever say, hey, you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Did you ever Never. Once, okay. Uh, Never. Did you ever once ask them what their religion was? Never. Did you ever... Once, and again, I think so many of the guys that I, I was just on a call earlier this afternoon and it had on it our oldest Hall of Famers. We call it the Guardians of the Game call. And it is John Madden, uh, Marv Levy, who's 94 years old. I think he'll be, I think he'll be 95 uh, uh, on August 2nd. Uh, it had Sonny Jurgensen in it and Ron Wolf, and, uh, uh, you know, it had... Uh, uh, you know, a lot, Bobby Bell and, and a lot of great guys there and they're on that call. And I thought those guys were really at the early age, way ahead of the rest of the country and the world. And when it came to race, because uh, if you're Willie Lanier or Jim Brown, uh, you know, or, um, you know, Bobby Bell is another good example. 
frankly, once you put that jersey on, if you were wearing Kansas City red or Green Bay green or Patriot blue or 49er red, man, that's the only color that guys cared about that that moment. And, and you were a brother. I have seen the game turn racist you know, into loving brothers. I have seen the game, uh, you know, bring people together that you could never see be together. But for those guys, when you're in that locker room, it's someplace that's special. And, and only guys who played, only guys who have been in that huddle, only guys who have been in that locker room really understand what it is. But right now, it's a time where everybody's at home. There's a whole lot of fear. There's a whole lot of panic. Um, there's probably some tough times ahead. But I can also tell you that you're not in that alone. There's a lot of other people here that are in the huddle with you. And I believe the very best is still ahead. Wow, David, I'll tell you what, I know it's probably a little too late to jump in this year, but down the road, Lord willing, uh, maybe you're supposed to be president of the United States, because I'll tell you what, with what you're saying here today, you'd have my vote. My goodness, God bless you. Well, listen, I don't know that I'm the right guy for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, again, I'll tell you, I, uh, I got the best job in the world already. And, and I'll tell you, there's, uh, the more you get to know me, the more you'd find wrong. But that's why I'm so fortunate to have been forgiven by Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'm not through screwing up yet, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I, I think right now we all need to be praying for our leaders. And, and like I said, uh, you know, I know there's an election coming up and, you know, I, I'm kind of nonpartisan and it's not about being a Democrat or being a Republican, but right now I believe we're all Americans and, and, and we all need to be supporting each other. Uh, we all need to be protecting each other, and it's going to be critically important for us to not only get the economy going and do well at our own jobs, but make sure that other people are working. Because every person that works generally feeds a family of two to four, and we need that help right now. Well said, David. And uh, as we wrap up here momentarily, and by the way, you've been so gracious and generous with your time and sharing your heart on behalf of everybody within the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, a wholehearted thanks. And as we're punching it in the end zone here, I want to tee up really a two-part question. It has to do with the platform of sports, whether it's the great game of football, which, of course, you represent so well, or really any sport. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes in 1954 was founded by a coach named Don McLennan, who had a vision then, which we look to see happen now, to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes, you've rattled off some legends of sport. If you were speaking to athletes at all levels, whether it be professional, collegiate, high school, middle school, elementary, all the way down, what would you give them as a charge to keep right now if you were speaking directly to the athletes? And then the second question, what would be your charge to keep as it relates to just anyone who's tuning in? How would you like to bring it home to punch it in the end zone for those two groups? Well, I appreciate that, Robert, and thanks to, to you, Rich, and to you, Noble, uh, for taking the time with me here today. Um, you know, I, I would say first and foremost to athletes, um, same kind of thing, and being an athlete teaches you a lot. It, it teaches you discipline, diligence, you got to have integrity in your workouts and your diet and uh, in your, dis you know, you know, in your perseverance. There's so many qualities that are needed in life being an athlete 
But it also teaches you, like I said, that when you're in a team sport, that you've got to surrender yourself to something bigger than you are. And it's really something special when you say that I gain more relevance by giving myself to something that is bigger than me. And that's what I think that the Christian relationship is. And it's not because we're better. It's not because we're bigger or stronger or, you know, judgmental. On the contrary, it's because we realize that we're insignificant and we need Jesus Christ to complete us. And, and, And then once you're in that relationship, it can take you to places and can change you in ways that my own will never would. Uh, I had an experience in uh, out of college where for two years I went to Europe uh, and, and played basketball with a group of guys. Uh, it was like an athletes in action team. This team was called News Release. And we would, at halftime, we beat the Russians when they were number one, the Yugoslavs when they were number one. We played 73 games both years. We were 71 and two, I think, both years. Uh, and it was a wonderful group of guys who truly were better because they had a purpose that were bigger than our own and personal uh, agendas. And they played incredibly selfish together. And we beat some of the best teams in the world on their own court. We never had a home game. But at halftime, when the other team would go to their locker room, uh, one of our guys would pull out a guitar and we'd go to half court and they'd bring out a microphone uh, and we'd sing when the saints go marching in. And then one guy would give his testimony. (laughs) And, and, and really, we were able to share our faith with people all around the world who would probably never otherwise go into a church. But in that process, I'll tell you, the other guys on that team, they changed my life where I think about them today pretty much every day. Uh, and, and, uh, and it's very special. So I would say to them that, you know, to understand the values of the game, to understand uh, the forgiveness that we need in life for ourselves and for others, but take that platform and use it for great good. Not just how much money you make, uh, not the trophies or the records you have, but how you can impact and make a difference in the lives of others. Our mission, let me close with this at the pro football hall of fame. It, it is to honor the heroes of the game, but it's not about the worship of football heroes. It's about understanding the values that they relied in to overcome adversity, to become great and bring a lot of other people with them in that process. It's to preserve the history of the game. That's what we were doing with the call with all these incredibly guys in their 80s and 90s talking about the game and what it meant to them today, uh, talking about the passing of Don Shula. Um, It's about promoting the values of the game. And a lot of those values, all those values, I believe, are very consistent um, with following Jesus Christ. And and finally, it's celebrating excellence everywhere. And in my opinion, I don't think you can get any better than the excellence of Jesus Christ. Uh, Can can I have the uh, privilege here of just sharing one last story? Um, Robert, if I could. Yes, absolutely. Please, the floor is yours. It was talked about in our call today. Uh, Don Shula won, um, I think it was 343 games, winning his coach in NFL history. Uh, he passed away just a little more than a week ago at the age of 90. 
And so now we've got John Madden and Marv Levy and uh, Sonny Jurgensen and uh, Kenny Houston, all these guys on the call. And they're talking today about uh, Don Shula. And uh, at one point, Larry Little, who played for him, talked about the time that Larry Zonka put an alligator in the in his shower and had to run out of the shower. And, and, and there were wonderful stories and guys are laughing. Um, but I remember a story that Don Shula told me, who was a, a, a very devout Catholic. And uh, he said that when he was 18 years old, he went to fill up his dad's pickup truck. And his dad was a fisherman on Lake Erie. And he was about to graduate from high school, and he figured he was going to be, go be a fisherman with his dad. But Coach Shula wasn't looking forward to it uh, because he uh, he was in a situation where, um, you know, he got seasick terribly. And so he pulls up to, to pull up the gas, and the coach from John Carroll fills up at that exact moment on the other side of the island. And he recognizes Don from being a high school player there, and he asks him what he's doing. He says he's probably going to go fish with his dad. And he said, well, you know, he said, I'll tell you what, he says, uh, I still got half a scholarship left. And Don, if you want to come to John Carroll, I can give you that and you can come out and play for us and give it a try. And, and Coach Hill looked up at me and he said, can you imagine that? If I don't go to that gas station at that exact time, at that exact oil, exact uh, aisle, he says, I'm probably a fisherman in Lake Erie instead of the winningest coach in the history of the National Football League. He said, God was watching after me that much. And then he kind of smiled and he said, but you know what? I would have been the best fisherman on Lake Erie they'd ever had. And, and it's kind of that partnership between Jesus Christ that I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up, but God, I'm going to be following your direction. And, and so it's a great place to be. Uh, it's a very simple prayer to pray. Uh, but I promise you, it, it, it can change your life, and it's changed the lives of a lot of other guys who are much more important uh, than myself. David, as Nobles wraps us up, I just want to say thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your authenticity. And thank you for bringing your faith out front I know it's been thrilling for us to be a part of this, and we can't wait for everybody to be able to tune in. So before Noble signs us off, I just wanted to personally say thank you. What a blessing. Thank you, sir. Thanks to all three of you guys. Appreciate it very, very much. Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Out Front podcast, where faith and athletics take the stage. We truly hope you enjoyed today's episode, and be sure to join us next week as we will be interviewing Robert Brooks, chaplain of the Cleveland Browns. This has been Faith Out Front. We'll catch you all next week. God bless.